Oh, yeah, like Ric Flair is the greatest of all time to me. Yeah. He's what? the greatest of all. And nah, it's not man. even close. Nah. Ric so, Flair? Ric Flair's the greatest of all time. He's the yeah. greatest wrestler. Bro. I'm yeah. a big Ric Flair fan, too. I don't know if he's great, but I'm a big Ric Flair fan. I mean, like, he, he's, he was so popular that, like, rappers are still putting him on their albums right now. Ric Flair. Yeah, he was a, he was the first one like that was just like he popularized the bling. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like, man, he making a fur coat look. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. right with feathers. Yeah, yeah. With a roly. Yeah, that's a, you know Ric Flair, Macho Man, Lex Luthor. I mean Lex Luger. Yeah. Hulk. That's when they were all big. And then like I can say the Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart uh, came in, and then after that is when Stone Cold came in. Yeah, yeah, like Stone Cold was. And then after Stone Cold was when The Rock came in. Yeah, yeah. And after The Rock was John Cena. Yeah, Stone Cold shut the game down. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, I mean, like I was done with wrestling once John Cena came around. Yeah, after I figured out wrestling was fake, (laughs) that took a while too. (laughs) Like I did not want to believe that. What this is rigged? (laughs) I did not want to believe that. So you telling me Shane did see it? Oh man, I don't know what it took. I don't know, like, like know what it took me, but it was (laughs) when, uh, when, uh, what's his name, Uh, Triple H? Oh yeah, yeah. When he was beefing with. Uh, McMahon mm-hmm. yeah like and I again I was still believing it was real and then I found out later that he married McMahon's wife, wife I yeah. mean daughter daughter oh, yeah, daughter, yeah, yeah. daughter, daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I was like how y'all family and y'all beat like nah that yeah, can't Stephanie. be possible that's yeah, why I was like okay yeah. something's mm-hmm. amiss in this yeah nah that's not wrestling what if we could plan it out Cabo for a week Pass for a day, wee wee. You can come and be my babe, you can see what a gentleman I am. Yeah. What if we could plan it out? Party in the streets, like the golden days at the beach. Family buzzing in my air like a beat. Maybe you could chill. All this stuff I have up in my head. Welcome to First and 15, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with two time FFPC champion AB. Alongside him is my guy, Dio the Machine. Guys, we ended up doing a guest spot for Player Profiler with Jack Cavanaugh on Monday, and it got me to thinking about the 49ers a bit. You guys were talking about how the 49er quarterbacks are going really late, although Christian McCaffrey is going in the first round. What uh, Kittle is going, what, maybe fourth, fifth mm-hmm. round. We got Debo going in the third round. Uh, so it looks like guys are spending heavy draft cap- capital for these 49er receivers, but the but the quarterbacks are going really late. Do you guys think that whoever is going to be the 49ers quarterback can actually have that many targets or can sustain – like that many receivers to where no one is a bust. Man, uh, yeah, so uh, shout out to Jack, uh, really sharp dude. Uh, it mm-hmm. was a pleasure being on the podcast. Definitely check that out if you get a chance. Shout out to Player Profiler. Shout out First and 15 and all the First and 15 subscribers and listeners out there. Yes, sir. Uh, so, yeah, when it comes to 49ers, <laughs> I just felt like you're showing yeah, some love. Never, 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 never. Show. I just felt like showing some love. <laughs> felt like it flowed. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all let me know. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but, yeah, so, you know, yeah, I brought it up because, you know, so each format's obviously different, best ball versus redraft, mm-hmm. you know, tournament field versus home. But I think, you know, regardless of the format, what we are typically seeing is – when we look at the 49er skill position players, we are seeing CMC go in the first round. 
at, mm-hmm. at times within the first three picks or at least the top half of the draft. Mm-hmm. First five picks. First five picks. So he goes really early, and I think we can all agree that he's a receiving back. Yeah. So he's going to see targets, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and if we look at FFPC ADP currently, we see Debo Samuels going in the fourth round, you know, uh, ADP, you know, maybe early to mid fourth FFPC again, tight end premium. So we see Kittle go earlier in the fourth round, but just in general, regardless of the format, typically Kittle is like the fourth, maybe fifth wide receiver off the board, but tight typically end. yeah, t- uh, tight end off the board, but, but usually the fourth, he usually goes after TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. So right there, we already have three players going in the first four rounds, you know, who are receiving threats and who are going to see significant targets. Then we add in Brandon Ayuk, who currently in FFPC is going in the sixth round. Getting a lot of buzz right now. Too. Getting a, a whole lot of buzz. I mean, you're seeing, you're seeing tweets that basically is saying he's the best route runner in the NFL, you know, uh, not to get into that discussion, but you are literally seeing twi- tweets that are sa- that are stating that even his own teammate Debo is, is is hyping him up. So a lot of people are kind of pegging him for a breakout year and, and and really you know looking at him as like the best wide receiver on that team. So we have four receiving threats that are going in the top six round. Mm-hmm. Look at the board. Look at any board, mm-hmm. any format. What team has that many receiving options going off the board that early? Okay, and and I, I get the issue with the quarterback situation, uh, at least early on, where there was a lot of kind of confusion. And there still is as far as, you know, ambiguity as far as who's going to be there day one. But all reports thus far are Brock Purdy. Uh, you, know, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the organization, the beat writers, the coaches, like pretty much everybody's basically kind of backing Brock Purdy. And he's been there. And, he, and he's, he's actually shown it before. Yeah. Limited sample size, but he's shown it. Yet this man is really not getting touched in FFPC. I know a lot of people are kind of, you know, uh, banging the drum as like a late round dart throw uh, in underdog and other best ball formats is like a sneaky play. And, you know, basically kind of saying what, what I'm saying, that it doesn't make a lot of sense that he should be going that late. But I'm not even arguing whether or not Brock Purdy or Lance or Darnold, whoever you feel like is going to be the quarterback, should be going that late. I'm not going to even argue that fact because, yes, that doesn't make sense. To me, the issue is that even if Brock Purdy were being drafted around a Geno Smith or a Tua mm-hmm. uh, type or even a Dak type, it still does not make sense to me that four of those receiving options are going that high. Yeah. So to me, to answer your question, somebody is not going to hit. Or I see this really as a situation where, and this is what we've seen with Shanahan offenses anyway, mm-hmm. that... One week it's maybe Debo and Christian. Mm. One week, one week it may be Christian and Ayuk. Another week it may be Debo and Ayuk. So it's going to be really hard for I think anyone to see any significant consistency. Mm-hmm. Maybe best ball format again. It's kind of cop out answer, but best ball format is the best because maybe the end of year numbers. Ayuk looks like a wide receiver, a high end wide receiver three. Maybe he, you know, with just you know injury attrition. Uh, or maybe he kind of makes that next step and ends up as a wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be hard pressed for him, you know, me to see him as a high end wide receiver two, wide receiver one, and then Debo as a wide receiver one, and then Kittle as a top three, top four tight end, mm-hmm. and then Christian McCaffrey producing as an elite running back. I yeah. just don't see all those things playing out. So for me, I am really approaching this situation as like outside of Christian McCaffrey, who I think because he's a running back can provide, you know, some more stability at that position Mm -hmm. and more uh, sustained value. 
the spike weeks for me, at least in a redraft format, uh, you know, uh, is not that enticing. Total points are nice, but I still think even with total points, it's going to be hard pressed. So maybe you have a stand on a certain guy. I mm-hmm. honestly don't know like how you can have, you know, you know, stand on the Debo Hill or stand on the IU Hill or mm-hmm. stand on the Kittle Hill when Shanahan himself has shown us in the past that he'll switch it up week to week based on the matchup. Yeah. So, you know, you just got to me, you got to like hope for an injury. And when I'm drafting a guy in that, you know, that high, I don't mm-hmm. want to have to hope on an injury for him to yeah. hit or exceed value. There are too many other players going around where some of these guys are going mm-hmm. that I would just rather have. Yeah. I would just rather have so many other guys. Like, yeah, I love IU. I think he's an up-and-coming player. I love Debo as a player. But there are a lot of other guys that I think have upside or who can provide consistency or who can break out who are going there and don't have as many uh, other players that they have to compete with. Mm. So, so Dio, who do you see as the odd man out, assuming that whoever the quarterback is can't sustain for – Fantasy relevant. I think the odd man out is probably going to be Debo. Mm. Right. I just, and it really, it go it was, and really before I even get into that, right, I think just listening to what Abby was saying, he's right. I, I don't really think it's possible for all four to hit. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, or at the same time, I think when you're drafting these guys, you have to draft them with basically saying, I'm going to take a stand on this one player. Yeah. Yeah, I know. All four of them are going to the top six, and I I'm going to assume that all six I mean all four are not going to hit, but one of them's going to hit, right? Mm-hmm. Because we've seen with 49ers that offense they can produce very valuable fantasy products, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe it's due to other guys being injured, um, maybe it's the offense at the time that they ran, maybe it's different quarterbacks, whatever. Uh, but we've seen Debo have a high high fantasy output. We've seen C Mike have high fantasy output. Kittle have high fantasy output. Ayuk right now is getting the buzz, so it's almost like we're just trying to kind of get ahead of the curve with, with Ayuk. Um, so I don't think it's impossible for all of them to hit. Um, and, and honestly, if you really look at that team, their, their target dis- distribution is so narrow, right? Mm-hmm. It really is only four p- players. But that's still a lot. That's asking Oh, yeah, a it's a lot. For, but, from a team that really does like to run. Yeah, yeah, they like to run, but but – that wide receiver three, I don't think is much of anything. Maybe Juwan Jennings or something, but he, he's not anything consistent. They really don't rotate guys in the game much, right? You don't see them rotating a lot of different receivers, a lot of different tight ends, a lot of different running backs. Maybe they'll bring in Elijah Mitchell to give C-Mac a breather here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not really a thing where, you know, it's just a random player. You know, one of those um, NFL.com, they always say, or they always have those uh, segments where it's like, that didn't help anybody. Where somebody scores yeah, a touchdown, yeah, yeah. literally nobody would have that person on their team. <laughs> right. I don't think that's the case with the Niners. Like yeah. when they score, it's always going to be one of those main pieces. But going back to the original question, the reason why I'm a little concerned with Debo was I was kind of looking at last year compared to the year before. Mm-hmm. The year before 2021 was the the Debo breakout season. Everybody was hyped about the reason his ADP is actually where it's at now. And last year was kind of a disappointment, right? Mm-hmm. And Injuries I, too, though. Right, right, injuries. So I, I looked at all that. Um, so with the injuries, he did miss three games last year, right? The year before 2021, he actually played all 16 games. That's when we were still with a 16, uh, sorry, a 17 game schedule, mm-hmm. 16 game play. So he actually played 16 games. So, okay, yeah, injuries was a little bit of a concern, but really, if you really look at the numbers a little closer, it was more like the usage, 
Like, mm-hmm. they still ran him. Mm-hmm. He still had a fair amount of attempts. So it's not like he wasn't running as much, but he had, pff, like, a, I think, like, a little bit less than 200 less yards rushing. Um, yeah. He had six touchdowns rushing in 2021, only two last year. And so the efficiency was, was down. Yeah, we knew yeah. that was going to happen. You know, yeah. the efficiency was down. But then the, the worst part, and that's the running. The yeah. running is not even the biggest concern for me. I looked at the receiving game. Yeah. Major, major, major discrepancy in the receiving yard average mm-hmm. per, per, I guess, target or whatever. Yeah. He went from 18 yards per catch in 2021 to, to 11. Ooh, this man brought out stats. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, like look at that, that, that jump <laughs> off, you know? And, and the, target, yeah. the, the, the targets weren't that vastly different. He was still averaging a, a little over seven targets a game yeah. in both years. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a target issue. He scored much less touchdowns. Again, you know, I, I want to even say it was like eight and three or something like that. Um, yardage was, you know, a fair amount different. But it's just those touchdowns and the, the yards per catch, that was a vast difference. But then I was like, okay, we have these two seasons – vastly different outlooks or mm-hmm. outcome. Let's go back even further. So mm-hmm. now I look, okay, 2020, 2019. Those two years mimic closer to what he did last year than what he did in 2021. Hmm. So the question is, did he revert back to the mean? Like, did he have that negative regression last mm-hmm. year? You know? Um, or was last year a, a one-off? Yeah. I, I would mean, probably say it's more of the former. Yeah, And I think, you know... Um, you know, a guy that we haven't even mentioned yet is Elijah Mitchell. So again, just kind of going back to the idea that you know Shanahan likes to kind of like, you know, he likes to uh, control the game on the ground. They still have a very elite O line. Uh, we'll see what their defense looks like. You know, a lot of changes on that end, but that defense really isn't, or the uh, conference uh, or the division that they're in isn't really a scary one. Right. You know, they got the Rams, they got the Cardinals. Okay, and then and, and then maybe Seattle. So ideally, they really should be coming out of that division. So I really just see this as a team that will just continue to pound the rock, you know, play action pass, you know, uh, and pick their times and points. So do you think C-Mac they, is the one that's going to take a little bit of a hit? So if you have to choose one. So I haven't drafted C-Mac at all. Okay? Right. I have not drafted C-Mac at all. Uh, we were on him last year as the number one overall this year. Uh, I really don't. You so know, you're just, a little scared, scared about C-Mac as far as his outlook this I season. think C-Mac is going to be great. I just don't think we see that just truly elite season. Okay. So I don't think it's going to hurt you that you draft him in the first. But really, when I'm drafting guys that early, I am looking for someone who's just going to have that truly elite season. I definitely think that they want to use Elijah Mitchell if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And we're hearing a lot of buzz out of uh, you know uh, the sophomore uh, in camp. What's his name? Mason. Jordan yeah, Mason. Yeah, Jordan Mason. Uh, so did, he, did he jump over uh, Davis Price? Possibly. That's crazy. And so the, only, Third the, round pick. Yeah, the only importance of that is that if they feel more comfortable with him, now we're not necessarily so reliant on Elijah Mitchell being healthy, which he hasn't proven to be. Right. If they feel like they have a competent number two, I just don't see this team with Super Bowl aspirations wanting to run Christian McCaffrey in the ground. There's just no need. You have a backup running back and you have Debo and you have a number of different options. So, And then you know the kicker to this is that as much as we're talking about these quarterbacks and how they could be potential value, I'm not I'm not targeting them, but they could be potential. You know, especially in like best ball format, they're not elite. They're not great. So why on earth would you move away for something that's been so successful as far as running the ball? And you have Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. and you have Elijah Mitchell. Why would you move away from that and put the and put your hopes and dreams of a Super Bowl aspiration in Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant? It makes no sense. 
So yeah. I just don't get the, you know, the, mm. these guys going in the top six. Like, unless you just got to, like, you know, you just, like, really on IU because having a breakout this well, year. Well, going back to what I was saying as far as the, the reception yards um, took a big dip, I, I was trying to figure out why that happened, right? Um, and I think Brock Purdy taking the reins last year might have had a little bit to do with that. Hurting him or helping him? Hurting him. Okay. I don't think Brock Purdy, if I – I mean, and this is just off the top of my head, I don't recall Brock Purdy really – Throwing the ball deep, deep downfield last year. No, he didn't I have. I think it was he, more, he you know, more yeah. timing type pla- yeah. passes. You know, just get the ball in your playmakers' hands and let them do yeah. the work. Uh, but Garoppolo and, doesn't have that strong an arm either. Right, right. But but I think that might be what's part of the reason it, it hurt his yards yeah. per, okay. per reception. Um, and if Brad Purdy is going to be the guy, and, and with all information we have, we we can go ahead and assume Purdy's going to be the guy as long as he's healthy. I think that will kind of continue. Yeah. Right. Um, going back to C-Mac, though, when you pick C-Mac now in the first round, especially now that he's getting older, I think it's more of a, a floor play now compared to in the past. It's been yeah. a ceiling play. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, it's just a, a pick where you're like, I'm comfortable knowing he's going to get a fair amount of usage. He's yeah. going to probably be efficient with his touches. Um, he's going to keep me in the running every week. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know if you're picking C-Mac thinking he's going to give you those – you know, 2021 Jonathan Taylor type seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Look, the yeah. winning team can definitely, like, in whatever tournament, best ball, redraft, home leagues, could de- absolutely be rostering C-Mac. I'm not saying C-Mac in any way is a bad pick. I think for me, it's a couple of different things. Everything that you mentioned uh, about the age, what we've mentioned about just all the talent on that team. There's no need to, like, feed him the way that they did in Carolina. Uh, but really – it also comes down to just with the landscape. We keep going back to it. You know, whether you believe in some of these guys or not, we're just seeing so many running backs in the fifth, sixth round. So why would I just want to pass on some of these elite wide receivers? Yeah. It's hard to find those guys. I feel like there's more question marks on whether or not, you know, a fifth or sixth round wide receiver can truly produce versus, you know, some of the running backs that are going to fifth and sixth round. So I like just building my team's variation on the wide receivers in the first and second round and then variations on the running backs in the fifth and sixth round mm-hmm. and just you know not necessarily you know flag pant on a miles sanders or cam Akers or rashad white but just say this draft i'll grab just you know grab him, i'll grab yeah. two of these guys or just grab mm-hmm. i'll grab one of him i'll grab one of him somebody's gonna hit somebody mm-hmm. and one of these guys is gonna hit yeah, yeah. Um, real quick for the dynasty people there is another running back on the 49 that you just kind of keep an eye on name is uh, i think laborn Mm-hmm. Kayshawn LeBorn or something like that. I think I'm killing his first name. But he's a guy that's had a little bit of buzz. I want to say he was undrafted too. Um, but, you know, with the 49ers, anytime they have any running back that shows a little bit of promise, you just mm-hmm. have to kind of keep them on your oh, radar. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, because they can be very, very fruitful in, in a pinch. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So let's stay on running backs for a second. I want to talk about uh, Josh Jacobs. Listen, league leading, 1,600 yards, rushing, 12 touchdowns last year, career high in uh, receiving yards. Can you guys see Josh Jacobs coming back being the league-leading running back, but can you see him overtaking Eckler, even with Derek Carr now being on the Saints? So so we have to look at why did Josh Jacobs just show out last year like he did, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it came out of nowhere – but nobody expected anything close to that whatsoever. Nobody saw it. His first season yeah. in the league was actually his best season prior to that. 
Mm-hmm. And every se- season since then, it's just kind of been, you know, okay, less than a thousand yards, yeah. you know. And then going into the season, remember with them drafting Zamir White in the third, mm-hmm. everybody was kind of seeing it as, oh no, Josh Jacobs might yep. be mm-hmm. on his last legs out the door soon. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, they didn't pick up his his fifth year option, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. So it's almost like they were telling you, we don't really have a future with this guy. Right. New coaching staff, yeah. and they played him in a preseason game. That was that the was Hall yeah. of Fame yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. They played in the, the Hall, Hall of Fame <laughs> game. <laughs> and oh. I remember Man. when I saw it, I was it like, "Got me, I ain't gonna lie." <laughs> I was like, they must be showcasing him for other teams, teams to trade yep. him because there's no, yeah. there's no reason whatsoever for them to be playing this guy in the Hall of Fame game. So we all just kind of dismissed it as, "Okay, Josh Jacobs, we know you're young, you got talent, but it's irrelevant. You're yeah. on borrowed time, yeah. right?" But if you really look back on it, it might have been something that just put this huge chip on this guy's shoulder. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Where he was just like, Contract, "You know what? Yeah. This is what y'all think about me." Okay. Yeah. Watch yeah. this. Yeah. You know, don't believe me, just watch. Yeah. You know, and he went out there and just did his thing. He yeah. he almost doubled his rushing output. It was like you said, sixteen hundred last year. The year before it was like yeah. eight to nine hundred yeah. yards. Yeah. The touchdowns was crazy yeah. last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, but his usage, right? That's um, what it comes down to the usage. The usage he had two hundred something attempts in two thousand twenty one, three hundred forty something yeah. last crazy. year. Crazy. Like, Crazy. that's insane. And and then you ask yourself, why did he have that usage? And my, my first thought is, like, maybe the team, again, was just thinking, okay, we weren't going to keep him for the long term. Let's just run him in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have no long-term future yeah. with him. It, it doesn't matter, right? And he showed out. And he showed out, you yeah. know? Or maybe they were like, he's just so efficient. Because I remember even in the middle of last season just thinking to myself, how is Jacobs producing so well all season long? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was putting the team on his back at times, yeah. you know? In the passing game as well. So... I don't know. It's one of those chicken and the egg type things. So can he reproduce it? If they're going to give him that type of usage, I think the answer is yes. Will he repeat it the same exact way? I don't know because he might not have that chip, especially with all this being said, we have to be concerned now about a potential holdout. Yeah. Mm. You know, they're saying yeah. he might not be in training camp and he might go into the season. Hey, man, he's been out, out, so. Yeah. Uh, he's been outspoken when it you know comes to running backs and contracts right. and yeah. like – you know, there was a report that I think came out either today or yesterday uh, with regards to him, like, literally maybe not showing up week one and, and, and actually being right, a true right. holdout. So, and you know, it's not going to be a penalty because he's still a free agent. He's technically yeah. a free agent. Free agent. Yeah, he never, right. signed, he never yeah. signed his contract. So no penalty, penalty you know, for that. obviously what's going against him is the current running back market. But, I mean, if he doesn't sign and you're looking at the current free agent running backs, I think he is number one on the list uh, for probably most teams. Including over Dalvin Cook, I would say. Wait, 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 Josh Jacobs might be a higher target than Dalvin Cook, who's the only only way he'll be a target is if the Raiders rescind his rights. Right, but that's the only way. That's what I'm saying. So for for that to be possible, the Raiders have basically say, you know what, that franchise tag, go and get that back, and and, and that may be possible. That would be crazy. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, that franchise. And and the reason why it'd be crazy because who who was the contingency, uh, contingency plan? Right, unless they go sign somebody else. There's so many running backs on the roster right now, and this organ. So number one, like, does this organization feel like they can compete? They probably do. I know they're. You head think coach. they might be taken for Caleb? No, I don't. Well, that I don't know. You know, that's those are only discussions that happen behind closed doors. But mm-hmm. if that were the case, I doubt that they would be wanting to keep Devontae unless they want to keep Devontae for Caleb. I mean, I don't know. Those are those are those are things that are hard to answer at this at this point in time. But I think that is still within the realm of possibility. I'm just speaking from the mindset of Jacob. Like, he, you know, 
I think this is one of the rare situations where he does have a little bit of leverage. Okay. What else is this team going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't sign me and they let me go or they resend or whatever, like based off of my film last year and based off of what I did last year, based yeah. off of my age, I'm probably the best running back oh, on the market. Oh, yeah, of course. I think he actually was hoping they wouldn't franchise tag yeah. him and hmm. try to get see what he, he wants had on the contract. market. Right. And so he, I, I believe he does have all – I agree yeah. with you. He has all the leverage in my and opinion. And, like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, like, because we see what this running back market is. Like, man, like, some of these guys, like, especially, like, if you got a couple – a handful of guys who are on, like, playoff teams, you can pull Mixon. Potential playoff teams, I should say. You can pull Mixon. You can pull Barkley. You can pull um, – Jacobs, and there may be another one out there that I'm missing. But these guys like, hey, bro, look, they're doing this kind of dirty right now. Mm-hmm. Running back market isn't what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just hold out. Let's hold out. Like, let's let them know that, like, we're going to band together, and we're going to make this very, very difficult for y'all. The problem Because if though, one gets a contract, that's a benchmark for the next one. Right. But so, the problem with that is – that first guy is gonna have to sacrifice themselves because there there's a chance where why the, the first guy got the first guy that signs is the one that like they, no, what no, if they what agree saying, to a certain if they if they all are like we're gonna hold out and just not play we're not gonna sign yeah. and we're just gonna just chill until y'all respect us with an offer they might be the sacrificial lamb where the teams are like all right fine well don't sign we'll just we'll just promote Zamir White or something. See, and if they do that, like, I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, like, that was, like, the hot name on Twitter. I, I just don't th- – I, I didn't think he was good last year. I don't, I don't think he's good, good at all. That's, mm-hmm. I that's why I feel all. like he so has like, leverage. That's why yeah. I, I don't really see yeah. – they, they haven't <laughs> brought anybody in that's basically yeah. saying, if we don't have Jacobs, yeah. we're going to roll with this guy. So yeah. that's why I think – I think it's going to be – it's resolved. I, I, I agree. I think I, they're going to probably give him the contract yeah. because he's still young. Yeah. Dude's, like, 25. But getting back to your point, like – uh, Josh Jacobs second round I'm oh man I, I, I can't do it I can't do it I, I what about see, third round third round I will do third, third round where th- I've done it in the third round 301 or how, where in the third I'll do it at 301 okay I'll do it at 301 I'll do it at 301 I, I actually have no problem taking him back into the second yeah I don't mind that either because I think I think I think right now I probably would have him over those like high end wide receiver two. And when I say high end wide receiver two, I mean wide receiver twos on their on, on their own team. Right, the elite you know number two options on their own team. So like right. Devontae Smith and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there could be arguments to, that could easily be made to like take him over you know Lave Smith because he we've seen we've like, seen him do it. Yeah, and I always use this like my benchmark for like the first two rounds are I need you to give me three hundred points. Mm-hmm. In the PPR, I need you to give me three hundred points, and we've seen him do that. Mm-hmm. We've seen him do that. Right, right. And, and it's not out of the question for him to actually do better, right? Because he had the, a, a crazy rushing line last year, but the, the passing work had a little bit more that could was on meat on the bone type mm-hmm. deal. If they actually introduced that, and you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is now the quarterback there. Jimmy Garoppolo tends to feed his running backs. If they decide, to, hey, you know, Garoppolo, I can't get the ball downfield to Devontae, or Devontae's cover yeah. here, Jacob. Get the ball in your hand. And Garoppolo had the foot injury. So, I, I you know. Right. Garoppolo's not going to run. So, it's not like, like he's going to, like, And he had a foot scramble. injury. So, like, he does not want to scramble at right, all. Right, right, So, he's going to be looking for that check there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, running back and tight end. Like, I, I feel like that's going to be Garoppolo's best friend. And I'm going to be paying attention to that tight end. Uh, we might be slightly undervaluing Jacobs, right? Because think about what we did with Jonathan Taylor right. last year. He might be Jonathan right. Taylor led the, seat of the league in rushing in 2021. Yeah. The next year, we all... Uh, Perennial number, number one, one. Yep. easily yep. right. Who? Yep. No, not me. Not you. No, but like that happy, right? That was right. you. Yeah. It was but me. but it the was consensus, me. majority of the consensus was was um was Taylor one, one hundred one or one hundred two. Yeah, right. 
Jacobs led the league in rushing last year. Maybe not the highest fantasy output as far as running back. What, what were he yeah. ranked after Eckler? Like two or three? Two or three. Couldn't have been yeah, that far yeah. after Eckler, right? Right. And we still have this guy. Like we're talking about him right now in the third. Yeah. Three. Three. So yeah. it was Eckler. We're not, we're not, even, we're not even considering Jacobs. him in the first. Right. Yeah. We're like saying I might take him in the third. But to be yeah. all honest, I'm not really considering Austin Eckler that much in the first either. So, But he's still a first-round pick. He's a first round pick. Like I, I haven't seen Eckler go in the back end in the first. I've seen him going the latest, like maybe one oh eight. Early on, before like he signed a contract, uh, he was kind of slipping a little bit. I probably should have maybe just got a share then, but like yeah, he goes mid mid first pretty much. Part of that is also because I think the fantasy community has kind of adopted more of this wide receiver heavy approach too. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to say it's truly mm-hmm. zero running back, but it's more value the wide receivers a lot higher than you do the running backs compared to years in the past. I'm just not, I mean, honestly, to be quite honest, like, I don't think my thought process has changed as far as, like, an elite RB, like, a a true, like, just, you know, someone bell cow back being the best option. If I felt that there was one this year, I would be taking them, like, early in the Uh first. Uh-oh. So so what Mm -hmm. are you really saying then? I don't feel like there's truly an elite bell cow RB. Okay. That's a discussion itself. So that that has been my issue. And I've talked to you all about the Eckler thing for me in the past. Is like he caught so many passes last year. Mm -hmm. And my thought is, like, when when your running back catches that many passes. Right. And he was very efficient. That's not an efficient offense. Scoring touchdowns, too. That's not an efficient offense. So let me ask you this. Which is why they fired their head coach. Let me ask you this. Do you think... It's, this is just a year, an anomaly year, where you just don't see a bell cow running back, so this is just not a year to take a running back. Oh, or, man. Or are, are you basically saying we're now seeing see the beginning it. of a trend oh, where this is, this is a trend going we forward talking, we're yeah. never going to really see a true bell cow running back again, yeah. I would or never at say, least in the near yeah. future? I would never say never. I think there's going to be like a few isolated situations, but this was a mm-hmm. trend that we talked about last year. I think we kind of saw this last year, mm-hmm. and I think we did plan appropriately. But we this saw year, it last year, us. but we were still taking JT, again, not Abby, right? But we were still taking JP, C-Mac, Cook. C-Mac was a bell cow last year, right? Okay. He was a bell cow. Right. And but we were still taking Dalvin. And we Dalvin were taking Mixon yeah. a little bit, Barkley. We now, were taking a lot of running backs that we were comfortable in the first well, round. Well, the only ones that I took, the only ones that I like was like really aggressive about were C-Mac. Okay. He was a bell cow. Mm-hmm. JT at the end, you could argue his issues. Like he, he had a lot of injury issues. So he just like, actually, no, it wasn't JT because JT was one on one. That was the year before. So last year was actually C-Mac. Barkley, who mm. we just kept smashing. Wasn't Henry a first runner last year? Or maybe it was a Henry. Back okay. Yeah, Henry. So Barkley, Henry. It was really those three. And then Austin and Eckler. And like, Austin Eckler because we, we liked like Cook passing. too, though. We, like, we oh, did like Cook. We, we like, like Cook. I like yeah. Cook a lot last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Cook's issue, I, I feel like Cook had bell cow usage. He just didn't produce the way we wanted to. So, so you don't think Jonathan Taylor is a bell cow right now? No, I think he is a bell cow. And I may be sleeping on Jonathan Cook. Or uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor, I may be sleeping on him. I just, given where he's going right now, I don't see him moving up in drafts. So you can let I just, him fall to you. I'm just, I basically, I've just been like trying to get as many different combinations when I'm at that back end of, uh, you know, of uh, Diggs, Amon Ra, AJ Brown, Amon Ra, AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson. What about Barkley? Brown, you see him as a He's a bell cow, but I feel like that offense is going to move a little bit away. So to me, like the the Barkley the Barkley discussion is that like last year to me was as good as it could get for Barkley, mm-hmm. as far as usage wise. And I had a lot of Barkley, and he produced, but it never felt just amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it didn't feel amazing. I agree with that so, sentiment, actually. So, for me, like, yeah, again, he's a safe pick. He could end up on some winning teams. But I just, like, I thought last year was as good as it can get. See, now, I felt like now you bring in other weapons that are an upgrade, and the offense is going to, you know, you know, kind of progress a little bit further. I feel like it's going to be, there's going to be more pass volume, more pass uh, options. To me, it's tough. If the offense improves and maybe he gets more TD. Like see, that's maybe, what I was going to say. I see it possible. differently. I actually see it as last year the usage was great, but he didn't he didn't um, actually produce as well as he should have produced. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this year with a more improved offense, more uh, familiarity with the system. That's possible. Uh, 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 a hopeful, more pr- improved Daniel Jones. Yeah. More weapons to kind of take away the threat of the defense just kind of focusing on Barkley. Yeah. It'll allow him to – actually maybe have a better season than he did last year. And I even think he had a little bit of injury concerns last year because I, I think we played Breida maybe a game or two last year um, or, or something where Breida was used. You know, okay. I remember him being a waiver wire pick at least for one week. So if that offense improves and if they continue to use him as a bell cat, they didn't bring anybody – well, I guess they brought in the, the rookie Eric Gray from Oklahoma. Yeah. But, you know – Yeah, no, he, he, he'll, he'll be the bell cat. And, right. you know, the offensive line should improve. So, I mean, you're right. And – we should definitely see a regression in Daniel Jones, like rushing yards and TDs. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, last year, nobody, like, it was stop Barkley and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what defenses said. Stop they Barkley no, and that's it. No receivers. They had no, yeah. But defenses are going to continue to do that until the Giants show that, hey, we got other options and you got to respect them. Right. And that usually takes a few games. So you need the Giants to come out for like the first four or five games and actually utilize those other options successfully I mean, before defenses finally switch up and say, let's not concentrate you know, on Barkley. If the defense is way too long, then Darren Waller is going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And that may, I'm starting He's to come on Darren Waller. He's going to kill them. I'm starting to come on Darren Waller a little bit. I'm liking that. Uh, uh, you know, we're hearing the Paris Campbell buzz. Sterling Sharp is, is not dead. Surprisingly, Isaiah. It's like, you like one of those memes where it's like mm-hmm. Shepard. Oh, yeah. Shepard. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Sterling Sharp. Yeah. Oh, I was a big Southern Sharp fan back in the day, by the way. Just <laughs> a quick uh, disclaimer. I was a big, like, I thought he was better than Jerry Isaiah Jones. Hodgins, 6'3". You're a Hodgins big, lover. Big, big. Wondell Robinson, I know he's coming back from injury, Wondell? but I still mm-hmm. believe in him. Okay? Yeah. They got options to make defenses really have to be a little bit more cautious yeah. of how they defend that team. Yeah. And that could open up a lot of opportunities for Barkley. But they got to be successful in that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They got to be successful You would hope Dabo is just building on top of last year, right? right. Oh, yeah, that's what you He's not starting from scratch. Like, he, he kind of put the groundwork in last year. This year on the phase two. Hey, man, we, we, yeah. we on the Daniel Jones bandwagon. I'm so we are, we are hoping. But yeah. you are changing my mind a little bit about Barkley. Uh, so I'm, I may need to consider, like, grabbing him a little bit. I, I, well, I guess what I'm really saying is these guys that you can talk yourself into still saying they're bell cows, but we're getting these bell cows that we used to have to get in the first. Mm-hmm. We're not able to get them in the second. Mm-hmm. Even in the third, because yeah. Derrick Henry is like a third round pick. Yeah. yeah, we may look back and be like, "Man, did we really take Jonathan Taylor and Barkley like after? Or we really take like guys like Amon Ra or Garrett Wilson? Or we seeing Jalen Waddle? Did we really take those guys over a Saquon right, Barkley? Right. One guy like, and I keep banging the drum like, you know, when you ask me like, who could be the number one overall RB one? Like mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. I love getting Derrick Henry in the, in the third round. Yeah, he's I, a third I haven't love seen it. him go in the third round. I got he's him in third round second. today. Wow, that's crazy. You were drafting today? Slow draft. Okay. Chris talked me in a slow okay. draft. I was like, okay. No, good, good, good. <laughs> it, 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 when good. you do a slow draft, it allows you not to worry about trying to get in these drafts. Yeah, like, yeah. you can literally, like, you yeah, can, yeah. like, it's a slow it burn. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Yeah. Except when you look at it, you'd be like, Scratch you, that you, you're up at 18 picks. Like, damn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You do, man. Come on. <laughs> 
Guys, we may need to name this episode the running back issue because I want to stay on the running backs. Listen, I'm, I'm going to phrase this question this way. Assuming David Montgomery is the starting running back for the Detroit Lions, is he more likely to lose his job to Jameer Gibbs than Aaron Jones and Green Bay? Yeah. Yes. Do you think he's more likely to lose his job? I don't think he's going to have that job to start with. Oh, so you think like Jameer starts the season as the starter? Think about how many running backs have been drafted in the top 12 that weren't the guy from the jump. And this team said they were considering drafting him at number six. Yeah. Which was before Bijan was drafted. That's how high. And again, remember, keep in mind, it has nothing. None of this has anything to do with the way we feel about these players. It's all about the way the team views the players. And if they view this guy so highly, they, they were willing to take him at number six. Think about how they envision using this guy. The coach was with the, the Saints, yeah. watching what they did with Kamara. And everybody keeps talking about how this guy, even when I was scouting him last year, before he even was on, was drafted or was even the draft talk, people were saying this guy reminded him of Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Then you have a young Alvin Kamara with high, high draft capital. The only threat is David Montgomery, which, you know, they gave him a pretty good contract. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, David Montgomery could easily just be a depth piece. Yeah. You know? So, Ooh, man, that's. I, I think out the gate. I mean, otherwise, why are you drafting a running back like that high? Well, yeah. I feel like, I mean, number one, like, look at, like, who are their receiving options? I mean, now we, we, we like Amon Rob, but, like, who else do they have? Jameson so, is going to um, be sus- suspended. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Segway. Jameis Williams, I think, is a, a major, major. Um, possibly. Possibly. Like value right now. Yeah, possibly. Because he's not hurt, right? Yeah. Right. He's, he's, yeah. Get, he, he's suspended. So yeah. when he comes back, he's in the ground running. Yeah, yeah. But that's, you know, that was a change. Yeah, yeah, my yeah bad. That, I, I kind of like that. Uh, but, yeah, there, there, there are no other receiving options. So mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to use them both. Yeah. That kind of goes back and to I, our previous Sorry, question. that's another thing. Yeah. If he's going to be in the receiving game as much as they're saying, we're talking about PPR leagues. Basically, they yeah, want but, him. But maybe he fits into that Jamal Williams category to where he, he poaches all of the touchdowns. See, I, that's what I think. Jamaica. That's what I think. That's I what you. I think. That's, I what, that, that's exactly it's what possible. I think is going to happen. It's possible. Um, you know, they shipped off Swift. Mm-hmm. I think they want him to take, at the very least, his floor is a Swift role. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty good role. Right. Uh, but it's a healthy Swift. It's a healthy. They kept Swift. having to take Swift out the mm. game. Yeah, it wasn't healthy. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. and potentially a better Swift because I yes. think one of their issue with Swift was that like he just wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing, or maybe lacked a vision, or yeah. wasn't you know you know wasn't running the plays the way that they wanted the you know yeah. the plays to be run. So I do kind of I like I like Gibbs right now, right after like that quarterback run mm-hmm. as sort of kind of like that next guy. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I would rather have him over Najee. I've come to that conclusion. And I wasn't there before, but, like, after our previous episode, I'm now on that Gibbs train over him because of the potential upside that you just talked about. And you don't have to really invest that much in him. He's going, like, back third, early fourth. But I guarantee you this is what's going to happen. Like, with the certainty, I guarantee it, that before draft season's over, he's going to end up in the second round. Mm. Like, I I almost get – like, he's one of those guys that you can see it. Yeah. Yeah, that one highlight – whether yeah. it's preseason or training camp. Because mm-hmm. oh, you know it's going to be probably yeah. him catching the ball yeah. and then just burning away from everybody. God right. did Montgomery takes a veteran day off. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or Montgomery gets hurt or something yeah, like if that. if he get hurt, like, it's like wheels up, wheels up. Uh, you're not worried about the size, though? Um, in the past, I probably would. But we've now seen a lot of running backs with smaller sizes 
that are able to produce. Right? I'm kind of worried about the size only because, you know, when you take someone like a Tajay Spears or a Dev, or even Devin Ache, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. like I saw them in college, even at their size, really just like grind games out. Mm-hmm. In it, like he's bigger than A Chain though. A Chain in an SEC. He's bigger than A Chain. He's bigger than A Chain, but yeah. I saw A Chain do it. Yeah, I didn't really see. Gibbs like grind like grinded out in college. That's true. Like I saw Devin A. Chain be the focal point of a defense in terms of we gotta stop this player. And I saw him like that's one reason why I love him. People think like, oh, this guy's gonna catch passes, he's in the Miami offense. No. Go back and look at Devin A. Chain's tape. Like the size to me is almost like, man, like there's something about this dude where size like, you know, he may just be the outlier type player. So yeah. I saw him do it. Um, that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause. I guess like, my will only, they give him that? Like, my, my only rebuttal work. goes back to what I initially said. Look back at all the running backs that have been drafted like that high, yeah. mm-hmm. and how a team used them out the gate. Yeah, there's not many times you're going to draft a, a running back, a, a, yeah. a, such a, 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 a replaceable position. After you had signed David Montgomery to a nice deal, too. Yeah. Think, keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I'm on the give straight. Let me tell all you right, why, because right. I, I, you know, you know, sometimes it just take a while. Like mm-hmm. he'll say something, yeah, and you just like don't pay attention, to, and then like a week later, you like, <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'll just settle in. This didn't even take that long, but you had you had mentioned the like, you know, the New Orleans comp to Kamara, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's it's such an easy comp to make, but I don't think it's one that's really getting truly appreciated, mm-hmm. right? Like, if he just comes out the gate and is Kamara. And David Montgomery's Ingram. About, and we just literally just talked about, like, they really have no receiving weapons. Mm-hmm. Man. They want to use him the way. Where are we drafting yeah. Kamara in Kamara was been, Yes. Yeah. Where are we drafting Kamara in his prime? In the first. Man. Oh, man. I've been doing this all And, and, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like all, I need to give me some gifts. All the stars align for this guy. Yeah. And you're being able to draft him. In the, third in the late third, early fourth. I got yeah. a couple of shares. I think I had like a fourth round share. Like I was like, man, fourth round, I can't pass that up. Yeah, and just, just, like take, him. just yeah. take him. Just I mean, take him. Okay. I, I got, I got him above you. the quarterbacks right now. <laughs> above the quarterbacks? Above the quarterbacks. All the quarterbacks? All the quarterbacks. I'm going to take him above. Um, I'll take him above Higgins. Well, if you're doing that, you're going to have to take him in the early I'm gonna third take him, then. I'm going to take him above. I'll take him above Devontae Smith. Ooh. I'll oh, take him above. Okay. You get a little hot over there, bro. Yeah. I'll take him above. <laughs> if you're talking about him the way that you're talking about I am, him. but I'm also talking about where I can take him, right? Oh, no, no. What I'm saying is, okay, I should say I have him ranked, ranked, ranked. Okay. But honestly, like, if it's – if I don't really – I have zero shares of Devontae Smith. It's just hard for me to take him, like, right, in the I second got you. round. Because where you have to take yeah, him. Yeah, where I have to take him. So yeah. if I'm in the third round and I'm looking at those two, who man, I'll probably just take Devontae because I need a share. Right. But – if you like, ask, if I got Gibbs one team, later. if I got one team, I'm taking Gibbs. Yeah, but you can't get them both. You're not gonna be able to get them both. Right. So it's gotta be one or the other. Right. Right. Okay. All right, guys. So let's talk about receivers. We got to move to some receivers because uh, I know, I know, I know. Let's talk about the Patriots receivers for a second. You bah! guys know that I hate. <laughs> you know, real quick. Nah! Speaking, yeah, of, yeah. speaking of receivers, do y'all do y'all think the trend of people going zero running back? is now starting to jump the shark a little bit where almost everybody's now going zero running back where going now running back heavy might be a little bit more See, valuable or in vogue. Yeah, my thing is like... Yeah, that's a good point. If 
Because, and, 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 and I'm, real quick, I'm sorry, I'm going to let you yeah. finish. But mm-hmm. I'm saying this because when zero running back first started, the reason why it was such a, a viable option is because everybody was going running back. It you were to get the star the receivers. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everybody was passing them up to get these running backs. Yeah. These subpar running backs, they were taking while these high-end receivers still on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. everybody's taking the high-end receivers. If you really want to go receiver, 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 that third receiver is not going to be as high-end as it was in the past. And then yeah. you're passing up all these running backs who are going to be useful. Running backs that you can start week yeah. one – and feel comfortable with. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just an interesting dynamic that I'm seeing right yeah. now. And I don't really know the right answer, but Yeah, I think that I think I think it's really important to divine define what you mean by zero uh running back. Because I think I, I I will commonly just say, Oh, you know, I'm doing a lot of zero RB bills. And re- and truly in essence, I'm really it's not doing hero. a lot. I'm really not doing I wouldn't even call it hero. I literally just like it's tier base. And it's also understanding like what type of running backs I can get later on. Like if Chubb is at the end of the at the end of the second round, I'm taking Chubb. Like I will take Chubb over over all those uh, elite wide receiver two options that go in the second round. I will take him over Waddle. I will take him over Devontae Smith, Higgins. Yeah, Higgins not even in the discussion. Like mm. I'll take. I'll t- you I'll don't t- really like Higgins, do you? I'll take. I like Higgins in the third. I mean, just just in a vacuum. This him is a no. I do because I think this is the year Burrow. I think this is the year Cincinnati just put. You know, Burrow. he changed his number to number five, right? Ooh, that, you mean, know what that means. Stock up. Nah, come on, man. <laughs> stock up. You know what that means. Single Add digits. a few more points. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I do, I do like Higgins. I think, I think this is a year Burrow just put Cincy on his back, and they just go, the offense Nuclear. just goes It's time. Bro, it's time, bro. right? Yeah. Because yeah. they're quiet, too. Like, yeah. they're not even talking like Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. They're yeah, just yeah. putting their head down and just working yeah. over there. So, to me, it's not really about the – to me, basically, my approach is get elite wide receivers. If I can mm-hmm. get two elite wide receivers in the first two rounds, like – that's why sometimes that middle position is nice because I can get a cup and then people aren't into Devontae Smith or Devontae Adams right now. Mm-hmm. If I can get like a cup, Devontae Adams. Devontae has been that, falling. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, what, yeah. what's going on, everybody? Only Y'all because, tripping. Yeah, only because I know like the comp to Chubb, like it's going to be hard for me to find a Devontae Adams later on in draft. Who yeah. is, you just made, you just said two elite receivers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was the last receiver in that elite tier? The last one. The last one? I, well, I have my rankings differently from you guys. I know. I don't, I don't know the, know I would the rankings. Say, Just who would you say is the currently last? Currently, Garrett Wilson, and it's a shaky Garrett Wilson. Is the Wilson. last one? Yeah. How are you going to get two then? Because Garrett Wilson is going like late first, early second. So, Garrett Wilson, I, we got to pull up the ADP. At least when I was drafting mm-hmm. and while I've been drafting, he's usually – now we're seeing Devontae Adams go after him, but before, Garrett Wilson was the last one. So, it was like Garrett Wilson and Amon Ra kind of close. But, but still, they were early second. Like early two o four. Sometimes latest. one of those will will pass, and so if one of those does not pass, then I'm going. So so if you have a pick, if you have a, a slot between one and seven, because mm-hmm. what I'm basically saying is you're not going to get Garrett Wilson in the second round if you're in one of those. Yeah, unless correct. it just happens to just randomly follow a, a weird draft. Are you now saying that you're taking a running back in the second round? So essentially, Barkley, JT, those guys also don't fall that far. So I'm either looking Chubb. at Tony Park, yeah, Chubb. Poor, uh, Tony uh, Pollard. Pollard. Andrews. Or, no, I really haven't been taking Andrews. Okay. Or Derrick Henry. Okay. Okay, and so you're taking all those guys before the yeah. receiver. And then if those guys are gone, then that's when I start looking at the Jalen Waddles, the Chris Olaves of the world. Okay, I got you. Yeah, so I'm really not just doing zero RB just to do. Like, I won't just, like, just take, like, random wide receivers. Like, it's got to be, like, there's certain, like, wide receivers that I, like, have a lot of confidence in that they stay healthy that they're going to, like, produce. I will go for those guys. But the other questionable guys, I'm not just trying to load up on those guys. Gotcha. And especially like right now, like when I'm seeing Aaron Jones and J.K. Dobbins and, and Joe Mixon's of the world, I'm not just like passing up those guys just to get wide receivers. Gotcha. I think that's where like 
Uh, and that kind of the question I was just out. asking about yeah. with the zero wide yeah. receiver. Because I think a lot of people are basically saying, I see Joe Mixon, and I'm still going to focus on this wide receiver heavy approach. Yeah. Let me take mm-hmm. another receiver. Not not paying attention to the fact that Joe Mixon is a sweet spot this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he could really, like, explode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, There's no Samaj P. Ryan. Right. Right. So, I don't know. Just, he caught a lot of passes it, last year. It's just interesting yeah. watching these. It's just interesting seeing so much yellow in the top. And I had this I had this uh, theory. And, look, people, I'm crazy. Just don't mind me. I'm just – sometimes I just be talking, right? Solo came. Solo but, came. Yeah, yeah. 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 But – I think FFPC, if y'all are listening, I think y'all should really consider making the green on the draft boards a little bit lighter. <laughs> Why? I think it's psychological. I think people <laughs> like seeing the yellow more than the greens right now. <laughs> if they just see a lighter, like a, a more neonish green instead of that mm-hmm. dark green, I think you might have people draft running backs a little bit more often. No. I have no no stats to back that up. <laughs> How do you come up with that? You know, I, grad- <laughs> I got a psychology uh, degree, right? I, I just think... Again, I'm just seeing so much yellow on these boards, and then the green. Because like I see green on these boards, like man, ew. yeah, yeah, <laughs> like you, running back. You ew. would have a psychology, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> so put a put a lighter green uh, uh, color for the running backs, and you might flip the boards a little bit. All right, all right. So let's go back to the question that I originally wanted to ask, which was about the Patriots receiving core. Listen, you guys know that I hate Mac Jones, so you hate the Patriots. No, because you hate Brady. Do you hate Brady, yes or no? I, I, no, I don't hate Brady. You just dislike him strongly? I dislike him strongly. Okay. But well, How do you feel about Bill Belichick? I actually like Bill. Like, I ride for Bill. Okay. So, so I, no. What do, you I think, what do you think about Massachusetts? <laughs> my, my brother lives there now. So, like, hey. Okay. Like, hey, Matt's all good. He just named the whole state. <laughs> <laughs> not Boston, not Foxborough. He lives in Boston. He lives in Boston. He has some pride. Shout out to Boston. Shout out to Boston. But no, let's talk about this receiving core because I I kind of see this as somewhat of a narrow um, target tree as well. Listen, huh. we know that Devontae Parker just got the you know extension. just got paid, get money, it just got paid. So odd. They got extremely odd. Tyquan Thornton is there. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne, but your man's My last year Bourne. is still there. But you I mean, mean you forgot to mention the biggest Gaseki. <laughs> No, their <laughs> biggest acquisition, the highest paid receiver, Juju. Juju. Oh, Juju. Man, listen. He, has, just, he has the, the highest contract on the team right now. And y'all are still believing the in Juju, level, man. The he level of disrespect. Juju had a 16, <laughs> $16 million guarantee, All right, three-year contract. You. They just gave Parker $14 million guarantee, three-year contract. Man. Yeah, Money but, talks. How, yeah, how do they sign DeAndre Hopkins? So, so I put a tweet out today that said, you know, Hopkins is not going to the Patriots. Congratulations <laughs> just to the Titans. No. Yeah, you guys, but my boy, nah, my nah. boy who's, a, who's a Titans fan actually uh, DM'd me and said, for some, and I, I can't back this up whatsoever, but he said somehow that contract they gave Parker freed up money. I've been mm. seeing that going around Twitter. So if it freed up money, it actually gives them a better opportunity to sign. Okay. hop if you will. I didn't know what hmm. his contract was before. I don't know how that exactly works, but Man, that's what he said. I don't hmm. want to talk about the Patriots. You have a capologist <laughs> uh, like on the You got a capologist. <laughs> my boy just ran away. He, you know, he went to school with me. Shout out to Ken. All right. So, Ken. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about narrow targetry. I don't see it narrow at all. I just, like, not at all. I see. I don't need either. I see. Really? I see. You didn't even mention Hunter Henry. In no, yeah, in no specific order, Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think Mike Gusecki is going to take the job. Juju, mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne, mm-hmm. Devontae Parker now, mm-hmm. Tyquan Thornton, mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson, mm-hmm. Pierre Strong. Mm-hmm. 
Who's the other guy? Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery. And then whoever they like decide to like randomly, they're gonna the bring guy in the that vet. they drafted they're last gonna bring year before Pierre Strong, Kevin Smith or Kevin yeah. something. I, and they, I feel like Kevin. they're still gonna sign a running back. Like I feel, I feel like yeah, I feel like they running. have a receiver on the team too. That we're not. Oh, uh, don't forget Keishawn Boutte. Even oh, though he man. might not make the team, yeah, but he's yeah, there. He's and they, they have another rookie receiver that I think they like. Starts with a D. I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard he was like shining. He, he was outshining. Yeah. Boutte and the only the only. The only thing I can put in their favor is the fact that Bill O'Brien is being their OC. Mm-hmm. We've seen how his offense runs. Mm-hmm. He doesn't use a lot of options. He has he a lot of tight ends. Yeah, tight ends, yeah. Did he? Yeah. With the yeah. Texans? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he, we did, we did. Mm-hmm. But the receivers, it was always at the time D-Hop, Fuller, or Steals. Mm-hmm. That was the offense. Yeah. And it was just those three receivers. So if he use, does the same type of offense – with the Patriots, it, may, it might be narrow. Yeah. Then we'll it depends see. on who wins those jobs. Yeah, yeah I think we'll see because I feel like Bill O'Brien, like, this is not to get into this argument, but I don't necessarily know that his, like, his, his, his uh, approach was to, like, have Watson go out there and just really, like, have the offense go through the passing game. Mm-hmm. I felt like he did that out of necessity. Yeah, I really do because I remember, like, a lot of times we would start off very, very slow trying to run the ball. Then we would get down. And then Watson would just do like you know, just like a, be, be like a magician. magician. I yeah, got you. and, and then so that was Carlos Hyde's only one thousand yard rushing season too with the Texans. Yeah, so you could. I don't know if he's bringing over Alabama. Who knows? What you? It's, it, it should be an upgrade from last year, but I just don't necessarily. Last know, year they had like, defensive coordinators as the OCs. Yeah, I don't want any of these receivers. <laughs> like none no, of I don't. Them. I don't want them. And I was the one that said we need to discuss it because. I feel like Patriots offense is a blind spot for fantasy, right? It is. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to be able to take one of those guys. They're going to score points. Again, I always say teams are not going to line up on Sunday and just kneel the ball down for three downs and then punt. Right. They're going to try to, to score points. Somebody's going to going to accumulate fantasy points, and it's going to be enough to where you can use them, and it's going to be a cheap option because nobody's drafting them. Yeah. They're probably on your waiver wire type deal, you know? So... Uh, is remember, it, is it, the question is who is it? Yeah. Remember the first the first tweet I sent out for the season, like when I started drafting in April, was like if you're doing best ball with your last pick, make sure you draft Devontae Parker, or who was the other guy? Uh, Taekwon? D, no, DJ Chark. Chark. So it was DJ Chark or Devontae Parker? That was like the first tweet I sent out in the group text. Mm-hmm. And even looking back on it now, I'm like, man, you. Why did you even send that out? That was trash. Nobody paid <laughs> Nobody paid But hey, he signed. Like, wouldn't that be something? But I couldn't know on that one. That would right. be, that's, still, that's still an L. Right, right. All right, guys. Like, it looks like we're approaching an hour. I think that's all we got for this week. I know it seems pretty quick, but we're quick. already at an hour. So. Yeah. That was quick. I don't even have any dynasty people for guys to look at. You mentioned that. You mentioned uh, the... Uh, the San Francisco running back. Yeah, but yeah. you got him. You got him. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> right. They're fair. They're fair. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, real quick. Yeah. Uh, should I even plug this? Because I don't know. Go ahead. I, I watched this Shameless video. Plug. Um, I put it in the group chat. Mm-hmm. Go check that video out, Underdog. That oh, yeah. Good yeah, information. yeah, yeah. Watch yeah. It. If y'all haven't seen it, go watch it. It was basically, um, I don't want to say if it's an age apex, mm-hmm. but they talked about how certain ages or certain years in the league when players are expected to break out and mm-hmm. the the likelihood as far as their future potential of breaking out mm-hmm. if they haven't reached it to a certain point. And it's just a good study. It's good. Yeah. I don't want to just, you know, take all yeah. the thunder for it. But it, it really allows you to kind of look at – it allows you to kind of forecast, right? Mm-hmm. Because 
We're looking at these young players. We don't know who the next superstars are. Mm -hmm. We're hoping they're going to be stars. We do know who the, the current stars are now, but you have to keep in mind, you know, um, Father Tom's undefeated. These right. superstars now, by this time next year, they're going to probably be not even viable options. Right. So, you know, it's really good to try to get ahead of the curve and those type of things. All right. All right. We're plugging other networks. Yeah. All right, guys. So <laughs> please like, rate, subscribe. We're out. We can take this Wherever it goes As long as you're with me I feel at home Can you tell me why? Cause I